Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, we have made it to another Friday with kind of an interesting market ride once again. We finished out with some higher numbers in the grains and in the cattle hogs or to the lower. But for the week, it was kind of one of those roller coaster type of trades. When we take a look at what's been going on, we're going to talk a little bit about this cattle market. Some strong cash week for them. Weather starting to take its effects as well, as we're going to talk as well about this 650 corn and why that's an important number for you to remember. As joining me today on the episode is Brad Coima. He's with Coima Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So let's start talking about this cattle market. An interesting week. Nice to see the green on the screen and some stronger cash to help them along. You got that right. Uh, you know, once again, you know, I think we, you and I have uh, talked about this, you know, how I feel a bit frustrated at times that the futures market seems to have lost its identity and that, you know, it, it, it won't take the leadership like, like it ought to. It is a futures market after all, right? You know, so once again, we find ourselves, I think, reacting to a, a, a very strong, firming cash market uh, this week. And in my neck of the woods, it not only was the cash market higher, Susan, but it was traded on heavy volume and uh, and like cleanup type volume okay uh, you know anybody knows anything about show lists and stuff like that you know you, you know you like to hear that that the show lists are getting moved and cleaned up and that certainly would be the way i would describe things up here in the northeast nebraska northwest minnesota uh, or northwest iowa area here where i sit in um so um and higher uh, one to two higher uh, with cattle bringing 155 on the you know the, the high grade good kind of cattle. Uh, 153 to five cash generally one to two higher here in the south was also one to two higher at 152. Um, and we continue to have a deal here where some of the cattle from here are, are going to go all the way uh, down to Kansas that were sold this week at 155. So that would tell me that you still have that uh, you know uh, search for grade right uh, hunting for these good high choice and maybe even a few primes. Uh, cattle, so a nice solid week cash wise, and that certainly contributed to our futures trade this week, I believe. So let's look to our guys to the south. How current are the cattle there? Good question, and one of those things I'm going to stumble around the answer a little bit because I, I think your listeners that are you know in tune with this thing know that the average weights have been creeping a little higher, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, but they always do this time of year, um, and yet the grade is lagging. What we've had is we've had ideal growing conditions for a big area of the cattle belt. And I think that that is, uh, you know, given us this uh, you know, average weight that wouldn't necessarily display a super current market, you know, say like you were in 2014, for instance. Now, on the weights, we did decline slightly this week. It was 893 carcass versus 895 last week, and we're about six pounds over a year ago. But, um, you know, the feeling I get from talking around is that, you know, because people are in, 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 in such a hurry to sell cattle, and that's largely because of the cost of gain, um, and because the future structure of the market at a discount, uh, that, you know, people are highly incentivized to stay current, and I believe that's the way we will stay here, and as we now move forward here to, uh, December, um, I think we got less cattle. Uh, there is a little seasonal, Susan, and I have that, but a seasonal hardly works since the Holcomb fire. But there is a seasonal that typically we would break a little bit at the end of November, and then the end of the first week of December, that would be a nice seasonal low for the cattle market. I'd, like I said, seasonals haven't worked. But that I know there's a, some of that dynamic that some of the people are waiting a little bit to see if their market is a little softer here right after Thanksgiving or not. We shall see. And finally, we're getting some weather for these cattle. I mean, we've had a pretty decent growing season up till this point. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that a little skip of snow or a couple inches of snow is, is, is going to, you know, 
completely debilitate their cattle ability to grow. But I will say that, you know, cattle here, they, they've hardly had their back wet for 90 days and, uh, you know, very moderate temperatures. Uh, and, you know, so I think now as you start to see some snow, colder weather, you know, winter starting to happen a little bit that, you know, we'll go back to more of a normal uh, grow instead of this phenomenal four pound a day stuff that I've been hearing about. All right. What are you watching when it comes to these hogs? I mean, we've we've seen some struggles with them as well. And you were talking a little about testing some major resistance in the trade. I'm not going to lie. The hogs have traded better than I had thought that they were going to. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I I feel like the market has got plenty high here uh, seasonally, going to what usually is a softer December. Uh, you know, up from a supply sider standpoint, uh, I, we sure don't see any trouble here. Sourcing pigs and having for several months, it, you know, feels like there's plenty of hogs for sale. So the market actually traded a little bit better. Some of the hog thing, you know, when in doubt, bring up China, right? I mean, because uh, China is the main main uh, importer from us. Uh, Mexico has been a huge importer the last few weeks. China very little. So whatever, however you can read into the last context that is, you know, the COVID story out of China, whether they're going to relax it and we can export more to them or whether actually, you know, they've got another place that broke with it again and it seems like it's still a little bit of a tenuous situation. I, I, I feel like if I was a hog hedger, I'd be dialed in here because I think on the end of this fourth quarter and the beginning of the first quarter, I think from a supply side standpoint, could be a little bit dicey. Well, I know that there has been, and we've had this conversation before, especially as we get closer to Thanksgiving next week, there is a good opportunity, and I've seen a lot of push of talk of uh, hams being the feature versus turkey this coming week. And they talk about a bit of a shortage in turkeys even, uh, which who knew, right? I mean, um, uh, yeah, I, I think you typically you would look at that. Anybody that's procuring a ham for next week, right? They're there. That, that's that's your high V or fairway. Uh, likely, it might even been be be in the the fridge at home already. So next week's action on the pork product, particularly relative to the ham market, probably is a different kind of a reaction, in my opinion. Um, so that typically would also lead to a different feature as you get closer to the first part of December, where then we switch our feature back away from poultry and ham and more into a. Uh, you know, prime rib for Christmas, New Year's Eve type stuff, and typically you have a little more juice in the in the in the high end beef cuts as you uh, get into the second week of December. So, all right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other specialty. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We, by the way, still broadcasting from the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention underway in Kansas City, Missouri. So if you hear some chatter in the background, it's other farm broadcasters doing some markets. Brad Coima joins us. Continue with Coima, Coima and Virelic out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So switch it away a little bit um, from the livestock perspective as we look at what's going on in, in the grain complex. And you and I have had this conversation, I think, over the last, what, three, four weeks maybe 
about this 650 uh, number for corn, an important number uh, for folks to keep in mind? Absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, anybody that's looked at a chart book, I think, can see the 650 support, you know, on, on the December corn. And uh, we have talked about it ad nauseum. It's the 100-day moving average. It is uh, 38% retracement of the contract low to the highs that we made here in October. Um, and uh, it's obviously been significant because we've held that level, you know, about four straight days in the December corn here at the end of last week and the beginning of this week. So um, it's now we've moved away from it. Um, you know, if you wanted to know how am I going to know that that low is the real deal, uh, I would say I, well, first of all, I have no idea. But the first thing that you would look for is if you could get back up, I think, above 680 basis for December corn. If that happens, then I'd say, okay, we're looking at running back up to 705, retest the highs, and here we go. I, I retest those $7 highs, I should say. I have a hard time fundamentally really thinking that the market ought to jump out of here, you know, and, and like rally 75 cents or something like that. I don't, I don't feel that way at all. Um, but, you know, I mean, you got to trade what they give you, and it looks like 650 is kind of the important area right now. So, um, you know, it, it depends on, on what your perspective is, too, Susan. If you're an end user that has to buy corn, you know, you, you care a lot more about the 650 level. If you're somebody that's still waiting to sell some corn, um, you know, if that 650 goes out, I think you better, you know, be paying attention. You know, and we always seem to focus at this point on, on South America, and it has been on the, on the quieter side. And as you were telling me kind of during the commercial break, probably means nothing exciting happening right now. Usually, quiet Brazil means that conditions are okay, uh, or maybe better than okay. Um, Brazil, of course, like our growing area is huge, you know, so there's always areas that, like us, are good, and some areas that are less than perfect, right? Uh, but generally speaking, the read that we're getting here out of the South American weather here, and it's early, of course it's early, um, but that, generally speaking, it's been pretty good. One area that's been a little bit needy for rain has got some here again this last week. And I think that part of the pressure this week on the bean deal um, and the acres, uh, they planted more acres than we plant. Just to give you some perspective, 100 million acres, you know, I think we planted 88 last year without looking. Um, so it, they have the ability with the right conditions to grow a big crop. Um, and frankly, maybe are due to. Uh, they've had a couple of years where the weather's been less than perfect. So um, keep an eye on that deal. I I, um, I guess I've mentioned on your program before that, you know, I, I feel like the beans have some vulnerability up here because of the South American crop and because of the whole, you know, ability here to, and, and frankly, let's look at price, right? Uh, and, and don't think you're not destroying a little bit of demand because of the price. So heads up on the November 23 beans. If you haven't been thinking about it already, if I was a hedger, I'd be keeping an eye on you were talking about China on the livestock and perspective, but what about from the grain perspective with this whole COVID and, and any effect it might be on their grain purchases? It feels like I'm chasing my tail, you know, on the China news. Um, but um, I certainly it's part of the market. Um, and, you know, just even, you know, what, three weeks ago when we had this, uh, well, we think we're going to relax our COVID policy. And, and even though you and I, I think, you know, chuckled a bit because you read through it. It didn't sound like it was really a lot different than what they had been doing before. But, and then you hear about these hot spots again where they're breaking down. I, I, one would like to think that if they ever get back to some sort of sense of normalcy there, that yes, you would see a pickup in the bean imports, the meal imports, and the hog imports. Now, 
the hog import thing is maybe got is less time sensitive uh, because the bean thing we do kind of have a window here where we're the market in the world and 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 so let's hope that we get something going to that direction here soon. You know, we haven't even talked about Russia, Ukraine. You know, mm-hmm. there was a, a week of, of news there too, of course, where you know, a bomb detonated, thought it was in Poland, thought it was from Russia. Then, okay, maybe not. And anyway, that whole um, that whole situation was uh, uh, clearly uh, impactful to the market. But it seems as though that has settled down now as well. So, but that just just goes to show that one some some incident overnight, and you can walk in the next morning, and you got a whole other marketplace, and you thought you went home with. There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brad? I think the best way now anymore. I'm the old guy, so whatever. But you know, take us look up look us up at KKV KKV Trading dot com, and uh, you'll learn all you want about us. I think from there. So. All right, lots of information, lots of ways to get in touch with Brad and the entire crew there. As we always want to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss at night, not be suitable to all investors. As we wrap up our week here in Kansas City and NAFB, that has been the Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.